You're listening to The Room Block Podcast, a series of conversations with compelling professionals from the world of events and hospitality. I'm your host, Jen Salerno. I've spent the last 20 years in different facets of the industry, working alongside a variety of people that have one common goal, to serve our customers by creating memorable experiences. Now, I want to share with you the passions, inspirations, and challenges of the individuals who make it happen. In each episode, we'll hear insight and perspective from two guests that fill some of the many roles within this incredible industry. Welcome to The Room Block, and enjoy your stay. Hello, Room Block podcast listeners. I am so pleased that you are joining me for my first official Room Block episode of 2021. I hope you enjoyed my Courtesy Block episode from last week. If you haven't had a chance to listen, it's my alternative format version of this show. There are shorter episodes, which means a little less commitment for the listener, much like a Courtesy Block contract is versus a standard hotel contract, where there is usually a bit more on the table. Speaking of what's on the table, today I am serving up the delightful personalities and stories from two fellow industry veterans and fellow podcasters. I figured I'd have a lot in common with these two gentlemen, especially after listening to their podcast, but I didn't know quite how much until we had the opportunity to have this conversation that you are about to hear. Dan Sherman and Ryan Barth each wear several hats. They are both with Freeman, but they also flex their entrepreneurial muscles with the HIP Network and their podcast skills as heard on the Traveling Podcast. During our conversation, I quickly learned that these two fellows have the smarts, the passion, and the drive to help move this industry forward, which is what so many of us want as well. But the biggest difference between Dan and Ryan and so many others is that they want to be active participants in this process. They want to be some of the voices that help bring our industry's biggest issues and opportunities into the forefront. Not only that, they want to help create the opportunities. Through their work and advocacy, they are creating the narrative. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy hearing Dan Sherman and Ryan Barth on the other side of the microphone. Hello, everybody, and we are here today with Dan Sherman and Ryan Barth. Thank you both for joining me today. Jen, how are you? Thank you, Jen. Great to see you. Yes, great to see you too. Yeah, Ryan, it's been a while since I've I've seen you in person. Uh, I think it was a few years ago when you were still with Visit Indy and you came to visit us in Chicago. I know, so, I know. That seems like a, a long time ago now. It, it does um, at this point. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's great to see you. It's uh, you know, Dan and I were were joking the other day too. And we're now on the other side of the mic. Uh, you know, being being interviewed by you for your podcast. So this is a cool moment for us. Exactly. Now, is this the first time you guys are guests then? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I believe so. Yeah. I am I'm proud. I'm proud to be the, <laughs> the I'm first so glad podcast. it's on the Room Blog podcast, by the way, because we have a passion uh, for uh, hotel contracting, by the way. Oh, yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> Absolutely. Passion is a good word when it yes. comes to hotel contracting. Not right now. In the past, we had a passion. For Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then especially this week, right? Or, or uh, you know, like those last few days before the end of the year. <laughs> Being Mad able to dash. sleep going into the end of a quarter or end of a year is, is nice nowadays. Yeah. So. Yeah. It is a different experience. I will give you that. Exactly. But I, you know, I miss aspects of it, though, for sure. But oh, for sure. Yeah. Yes. But no, I'm I'm very pleased to have you both on. And I, 
I realized that, you know, on your show, Traveling, um, the way that you start off with most of your guests is is very similar to how I start off with mine, with your pre-con, which is brilliant, by the way. So, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I love that. Um, but so let's let's get started and and go with that for you guys. I'd love to ask both of you your history. How did you get started in the industry and all that good stuff? So, uh, how about Ryan? We'll start with you. Yeah, I um, I'm one of the few people, I guess, in our industry who went to school for this. Um, I was in the uh, tourism hospitality program at Indiana University, uh, graduated just about 15 years ago and um, have had the pleasure of being in the industry ever since. Uh, I was given an internship with Visit Indy right out of the gate and um, really blessed for um, all the all the people there. And uh, obviously Indianapolis, Indiana is my hometown. So being able to represent my hometown uh, for the city was kind of a dream come true and was lucky enough to spend almost 10 years there. And that was pretty much the bulk of my, um, the bulk of my work in this industry and learning the ins and outs of hotels and convention centers and all that, all the event planners that came through Indianapolis throughout the years. And I was also working in the satellite office for a very long time in Washington, DC. And I got to know uh, Dan Sherman, who, um, you know, we've been good friends, business partners, you name it, we've done it. And, um, you know, I'm really uh, blessed to know Dan. And, and as you mentioned, you know, we started a podcast this year and uh, learned a lot. And, um, you know, I think o- over the last, like, I don't know, season or whatever you want to call it, it's it's been pretty eye-opening and, and pretty cool to be here on your podcast now. So come full circle. Oh, well, yes, thank you. Um, so speaking of indie. It's actually one of the first experiences that I had at my former job. Uh, I think I started on Peak, and the first thing I did was go on a site visit to mm-hmm. Indy with a client. And I had never been to Indy before that, and I have to admit I was blown away. Like, I will never forget that trip. It, it just solidified Indy as a place where I'm like, I love this city. This hotel package is amazing. The convention center is great. Like, everything. I, I was really shocked. So, And I mean that in a good way. <laughs> so oh, no I you, you know that that that's something that we heard quite often is you know I never knew um you know there's a lot of these cities that boast a great restaurant hotel attraction package within within their city and a lot of them have that and they can boast that but I with Indianapolis you you're not going very far to experience any of that you know I think the the beauty of the the, the connect the connectedness the walkability is just so crucial and that's why they've hosted Super Bowls to, you know, major conventions, you know, they host so many annual groups. I, I think every city would be jealous to get, you know, the annual business that comes back through Indianapolis again and again and again. As a salesperson, it was always tough to find dates. So, Oh, well, that's a good problem to have as a salesperson, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> good, good. All right. So, Dan, how about you? What is your story? Yeah, my story is... um I love my story. I was kind of born in the, uh, the travel and hospitality business. My family owned and operated a um, tour and travel management company here in D.C. since the 60s. And uh, so when as soon as I could walk and talk, I was cleaning the buses at the bus yard and going on bus tours for three, five, and 30-day periods. As oh. early as 12 years old, I did a 30-day tour from D.C. all the way over to Alaska, back through Canada and down to D.C., uh, my dad and grandfather were the, the drivers of, uh, of of the motor coach on this tour with maybe 40, 45 folks on board. And 
30-day trip uh, up to the Alaskan Highway. And uh, what I remember about that is I made 250 bucks, I think, uh, as a tip at the end of that trip. And I thought I was, was the richest kid in Montgomery County. So um, that really started me off on my journey and in, in hospitality, I think, as a category, right? I think all these other weird hyper niche segments under group business travel and hospitality and live events. But really, I think it's we're all in the hospitality business, right? Exactly. Um, and then from there, I, uh, I worked for so that that bus business turned into uh, really a uh, transportation shuttle management company, TMS, which is a, one of the largest um, shuttle management companies uh, in the country and arguably the world. They do the FIFA World Cups and Olympic Games and all that stuff overseas. And um, so, you know, I went into the family business and did that all the way up until, well, I would say I did it until 2008, but uh, in 2010, but in 2008 is when we started um, Hip Network, Hospitality Industry Professionals, which wasn't an official business back then. It was really, uh, actually it started as YHIP, Young Hospitality Industry Professionals. And we, we did that because, uh, as Ryan can attest, and a lot of folks here in DC where it started, it, it, it kind of felt like the good old boys network when we went to you know all the networking events. And um, there's obviously a lot of passionate people in our business, but, and they end up staying for life. As Jen, we kind of talked earlier, uh, it's, mm-hmm. hard to, it's hard to shake the experience and network and friends, friendships that you have and overall experience you have in this business. And so we started YHIP, which is now HIP, um, in order to get some of the younger, uh, you know, event organizers and suppliers out to networking events. And we would really focus on going to new venues in the city that people have not explored yet, that um, these uh, venues, um, hotels, uh, special event venues, um, you know, anything that would host a meeting or event um, would want that exposure. Um, And really just focused on getting the right quality people there. It was always free for planners to participate and we charged suppliers a small fee. So it was always like a 60 or 70% planner to supplier ratio, which was just amazing networking, especially for the folks that invested in that. Um, and then kind of hip as a sidebar is also, you know, it's always been kind of our, our marketing engine for everything we've ever done. In 2010, I left the, the family business officially and started legacy sustainability management, which was one of the first sustainability consultancies in the meeting and event business. And we tracked and managed and benchmark environmental, social and economic impacts of meeting and events for both event organizers and suppliers like convention centers and hotels. And in 2013, I sold that to Greenview. And then from there, I kind of took the economic impact side of of our industry and what I learned there and developed a um, procurement methodology, as Ryan and I would call it, and uh, uh, started Sherman Hospitality. And, and the goal of Sherman Hospitality was to, um, you know, really uh, integrate our methodology with um, contracting services for large citywide programs. So we weren't really pursuing um, the hotel in-house type business. We were pursuing large citywide because that has always been kind of my logistical expertise. Uh, and we got a couple of big ones early on. In, in, in the first 30 months, we did $64 million of rooms revenue and were recognized by all the big brands and had a lot of fun doing that. And again, as Ryan will probably attest to later, uh, we there's always these times in our careers. I think we're all at one now, obviously, because we are starting podcasts for a different reason. But um, we I saw something in the market that I thought didn't necessarily complement where intermediaries, how they would be compensated in the future, right? Um, and also, 
we're booking so far out. It's hard for me to stay excited to get paid in 2035 for a project, <laughs> right? So actualizing all $64 million of room revenue, um, I'm not necessarily a patient man when it comes to that. So we sold that business. And then again, we took the procurement methodology concept and, and wanted to develop a software product that we can bring to the masses, right? And I think what we're really lacking in this business, and it's still true now, even though this is 2016, is transparency. And I know with your history, Jen, on, on, on the you know, hotel platform side, it's, it's, it's really hard for event organizers and suppliers to understand what they're getting. Right. And on a traditional RFP process to where a hotelier gets an RFP, they say, hey, thanks. That's great. Some of your history right away. Right. Without your history, there's not much I can do here unless you're a return customer. And I know exactly what your pickup has been and your spend has been in the past. And even from a CVB level, um, a lot of their metrics are driven by total room nights in a, in a hotel block. And when's the last time, you know, 100% of attendees booked inside the block? Just didn't happen, right? So we just, no. we developed ShowScore, which is a methodology and software as a service platform. We launched that at Convening Leaders, uh, PCMA in 2017 in Austin, which was a great, fun city to, to launch a technology product. I think Ryan... Uh, you know, it felt like we were at South by Southwest. We, you know, it's, it's a fun city. Uh, we won the tech pitch competition, which um, got a lot of publicity. We felt like rock stars on site. It was a lot of fun. And then, uh, and then from there, I, I joined Freeman. Even though we had a successful technology launch, it was an opportunity for me to help, you know, launch their digital business unit, which is the fifth business unit in essentially 90-year history of a, of a privately owned family company like Freeman with an amazing culture that really uh, I never thought I'd have the opportunity to work for. And that's kind of the story up until now. And by the way, HIP is still going, as people may or may not know. Uh, HIP is a B2B digital media company. And we have a um, tri-weekly newsletter called Market in a Minute, which is the top 10 curated top stories of uh, within group business travel, hospitality, live events, and sports, and also our podcast the traveling podcast. So it's a cute little side hustle we have in order to keep everyone informed of what's happening in the business. Which we so need right now. So excellent. I'm glad that you guys do that. Well, okay, so wait, let's go back. And I'm so glad you mentioned HIP because I have a lot of questions. Surely. <laughs> so are you saying that, Ryan, when you moved out to DC, this is where you met Dan and that you two started HIP together? Uh, well, Dan was kind of the, he's really the brainchild behind HIP. Um, I kind of I started attending his events and um, or HIPS events and really understanding, you know, the demographic, what they were trying to get as far as, um, you know, different sponsors and different, uh, you know, bring different groups of people together because, you know, we've not that there's anything wrong with MPI and PCMA, but like HIP is just cut a little bit different, you know, like it's got a it's got a different agenda uh, in terms of, you know, just trying to bring people together, give them the information they need and make valuable lasting connections. Right. And I think there's, there's a lot, there's a lot to that. And I, I personally met so many people in the industry through uh, joining these events throughout the years uh, in the DC market. And then, you know, Dan had the, the crazy idea of saying, you know, why do we need to just stick with DC? Why can't we do these all over the country? And I was like, yeah, why not? And so nice. we kind of started, uh, we started a series of events, uh, sessions in the city. Uh, we launched and did an event in San Francisco, Boston, Chicago, New York. So we really took it all over 
And, you know, I think Dan and I even kind of surprised ourselves at like how many people knew about HIP, how many people wanted to get education and networking from HIP all over the country, not just the greater D.C. market. And, um, you know, so I've been involved um, with with HIP pretty much ever since. And it's been a, you know, just just a kind of the gift that keeps on giving in a lot of ways. Well, I'm so glad to know about it because to go back to what you were saying, Dan, you made such a good point about when you go to some of these events, especially as a younger professional, mm-hmm. and you kind of feel a little out of place, maybe, you know, because like you said, there are people who have just been in it forever and doing it forever. And I know that PCMA MPI, they're doing an amazing job now of catering to newer members and, and trying to tap into the you know, newer people in the industry, even people in college mm-hmm. still and but it's it's nice to have other places to go where you can kind of integrate different demographics and a younger crowd yeah it's it's like ryan said it, it's we're, we're able to make faster decisions this is like pre-pandemic right years ago when we we're actually having a lot of face-to-face networking events because either it was a networking event for folks just to meet meet people meet their their fellow industry peers and really focused on planner supplier right to where you know, um, we kept the ratio up for planners. So it wasn't over, overrun by suppliers, usually a lot of these events, right? There is no real way for the traditional associations to manage that. And then educational sessions that, that hit on topics that were top of mind, right? So there is no committee. There's no one to tell us, no, we can't do something. It's, and that's the great thing about HIP. Every year on, on all the other you know, volunteer associations, rightfully so. There's new leadership and people have their own agendas and what they want to do. And at the end of the day, all of us as industry professionals, we, we just want the best educational networking experience possible based on our needs at that time. And I think that's the great thing about HIP um, is that we are able to use this as a marketing vehicle for all of us, whether it's to help build your professional brand, to help educate you and give, give you the right, you know, intelligence to make better business decisions or a place to experiment and uh, launch new products or services. And um, so that's kind of how we treat it. All right. Well, congratulations to you both for starting it, for it's still going. And and what about your future goals with it? Yeah. Well, luckily, we have a good team behind us. You know, Ryan and I have full-time jobs, so it's... Uh, it's uh, it's something that we just continue to automate. A lot, mostly, a lot of things are automated, but we have a good team that helps helps publish the newsletter, uh, helps finalize some of the podcast stuff. Um, but I think that what's going to be most important between now and 2024, as that's kind of when all the industry experts think that we're going to be back to 100% uh, within group business travel, is that we focus on communicating the right information at the right time to our stakeholders, just like you do, Jen, on this podcast try to have, um, you know, experienced guests that have a timely narrative or message that your audience or uh, listeners can, you know, help inform their personal or professional life, right? We want to be able to do the same thing through curated industry news. Uh, But we also want to launch more weekly newsletters that touch on specific topics like the future of hybrid and virtual and business travel and all these different segments that live under this hospitality umbrella that's really hard and complicated. Um, Mm -hmm. We want to be able to have a voice within that. So it it really feels like our industry stakeholders have a one-stop shop for business intelligence um, and partner with folks that can, you know, bring more value to our audience and vice versa. So 
Um, we, we certainly want to help own, we want to help craft the narrative is our really only goal in, over the next 36 months. And we think that's still kind of hard because we have jobs uh, and we, you know, really volunteer our time. There is no sponsors of our podcast. We don't charge for our newsletter. Um, so it's really, uh, we're doing this at uh, the, the kindness of our heart. At the end of the day, there, I'm sure there will be a business model that we subscribe to. So it can help offset some of the monthly costs, as you know, goes into all the stuff that we do, just a podcast alone. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that's our goal. Well, very excited to see what's to come. And you know, what you're talking about right now just speaks to the passion that so many people in this industry have, right? That servant leadership, that just desire to better the industry, better the people in it. So it's great. All right. Well, so now let's switch to the topic of the podcast, if that's all right. Um, So traveling started this year yes and i can probably assume why it started but why don't you tell me <laughs> in your words why did you start the podcast well i'll start and then i'll let ryan i'll just do the quick opening so i text ryan probably at eight or nine at night and i go we should start a podcast this is when everything went dark right no one was working at any company there was nothing to do we all feared for the future of our business but ryan and i knew we still had hip in our back pocket and we had an audience that was paying attention. And uh, we were generally interested in the, the new podcasting communication medium. And I texted Ryan, I said, I think we should start a podcast. He probably favored something a little bit more personal and authentic, not necessarily a business <laughs> podcast, because uh, him and I uh, are also, as you probably can tell, really good friends. So uh, I would say a, a rated R podcast would have been a lot more fun uh, but we we decided to do this because we can bolt it onto hip and, and use and get that audience. But I'll hand it to you, Ryan. Tell her about the name. Yeah. That, that would be the most interesting part. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we knew that the industry has a lot of tentacles. And I like Dan mentioned, you know, there's so many different segments of it. And one of those segments uh, is sports. You know, if you think about how many people, uh, you know, I mentioned the Super Bowl earlier, how many people go to the Super Bowl, are entering a convention center, checking into a hotel. It's just another big event, right? And there's different ways to look at how that blends in with our industry. Um, And so traveling really is just like, you know, for those folks out there who play basketball or know about basketball, you know, traveling is a violation uh, in basketball, you know, and they give the ball to the other team. But it's also what we all do in this industry, sometimes, you know, on a weekly basis, um, you know, we're always going to another city to see a convention center or to uh, interact with an event on behalf of our companies or our clients. And so, you know, the two kind of blend with, blended with each other. And, you know, Dan and I have actually played one-on-one basketball against one another. And uh, I won't talk about who's the better basketball player, you know, we could, we, we could go on and on. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, I think we, we wanted to have a little bit of a sports flair to it, but also knowing full well that, you know, this is the industry that we're, we basically both kind of grew up in and, and know. And, you know, we, we also have, um, you know, over the years kind of built up a, a network just like you, Jen, um, you know, within this industry of people that we trust and, and thought leaders and so, you know, we're talking to them pretty regularly. And so it kind of made sense like, well, okay, if we have the podcast, we can bring them on, we can, you know, showcase their knowledge to, uh, you know, the audience and, you know, it's all part of hip and it just, it just made sense. Like it all kind of made sense. It was like, we've got all the mechanisms in place. We just need to hit the record button. And, uh, we were, we were pretty excited to do it. And, 
you know, we didn't know if anybody was going to listen. We were just like, okay, are we going to have anybody tune in? And we were shocked at the the response and we were able to get some great traction on social media and it just kind of, it snowballed. And, and now to Dan's point, we've been able to automate it a little bit so that, uh, you know, we can kind of do some recordings on the, on the weekends and just be able to, you know, keep the, keep the content fresh and keep the guests coming. And yeah, it's, it's been a blast though. Who knew podcasting was so much work though. Right, Jen? I mean, it's like, who knew it's, it's, it's insane. I completely agree. Well, all right. So to go back to the sports analogy or the, the sports uh, addition in your podcast, I, I was wondering if traveling had to do with basketball because sports live events, they're very much part of this whole world that we're in. So I, I think it makes sense. And I like I like that nod to basketball. That's good. Plus, our logo is a it's a globe with a basketball in, in the middle of it. So it's mm-hmm. it's literally a play on words for the traveling podcast logo. So it's I think that I helped closer at that. finalize <laughs> okay. our decision to call it traveling. I'm like, this icon is amazing. This this is uh, this seals the deal. Well, it's it's funny because when you it is a lot of work to start a podcast and you know even just coming up with what are you going to call it and yeah. mm-hmm. I, I mean I have to laugh when I think about all the different things that I went through to come up with the name and yeah Ryan wanted to call it something about Peyton Manning for his love for his Indianapolis no. Colts quarterback but I, I wouldn't allow that to happen so <laughs> yeah we did go through quite a few iterations of of the name and the logo and and all that and I think you know you hit the nail on the head too with the room block I mean yeah I, I love your name by the way I it's can't so think of simple. how many times I've used that word in uh, oh my gosh. uh you know over the years um so Kudos to you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, when I first started, I had some people, some initial guests say, well, wait, like, I'm not really like in a hotel. And I said, doesn't matter because we're talking about live events mm-hmm. or events, meetings, anything. There's almost always going to be a room block associated with it somehow. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it was a nod to my you know, previous life, too. So, so much of my previous life been hotels, convention bureau, and then, of course, housing. So, yeah, it's fun. So as far as the guests that you have, um, you know, I I love hearing from your guests because I, I do feel like the collection of people that you have, it's thought leaders. You know, you had Mike Dominguez on. I mean, that was, I mean, you've had so many fantastic guests. And I love that you guys congratulate yourselves at the end of an episode and say, we have really done it with our guests. <laughs> Another excellent guest. But you're right. You're right. You know, and, and you should be very proud. Um I love the content. I mean, it's. I feel like it's similar to this show. I think we have a similar drive for for bringing great people to a great industry. Yeah, it feels. I think it feels natural to folks like us to, you know, want to be able to leverage a relationship you have. And some of our guests we haven't even met before, and that's where some of these great stories come from, right? Like we had John Toner on the podcast uh, with. Produce Association United. and, uh, yeah, United Fresh. and he, mm-hmm. after the episode, after we got done recording, he goes, you guys should really talk to Derek Gaskins. He's the CMO of Yesway. And I'm like, you know, chief marketing officer for retail convenience. I'm not sure if that fits the mold, but it does fit the mold because at the end of the day, retail convenience also has a large hospitality component. He's been on the road traveling through the whole pandemic. So we have that mm. um, that view and perspective that's super, super interesting. And one of the smartest people I've ever come in contact with. Ryan, uh, I think, said on the last podcast, he goes back and still listen, listens to that interview and uh, catches something new. And so do I. On, on my runs and stuff, I go back and listen to these interviews and um, 
you know, it, there's just so many great nuggets you get out of this. And it's just, it's a great um, repository to go back in history and, and understand kind of where you were at that time. And, you know, rarely can you say, you know, what what is Elliot's Ferguson's position on um, diversity, equity and inclusion and go back and find that right away. Right. I think not only do we have great guests, we had guests that uh, like you have uh, something to say about something that's uh, of interest in, in our industry, as this has been su- such a disruptive year um, for both society and our industry alone. It's been, you know, it's uh, that's also been a, a joy of ours is is developing the cadence for guests and the topics because, as you know, whether it's you know the you know the murder of George Floyd or you know not getting an additional round of PPP until a couple you know days ago. Um, there's certain priorities and intelligence people are interested in insights that people are interested in hearing from and we get to craft that right i mean that's the fun part about having this this podcast is uh it's it's at the cadence you think people want to absorb that information exactly it is kind of shocking to think that you have this medium that it's just at your fingertips you can literally do say whatever you want it's yours to create so that that's what's been very different and fun about it for me it's just it's i've never had a chance to do anything like this before absolutely i've been enjoying it well so speaking of these amazing guests you've had can either of you talk about somebody in your past uh, a person or even a situation something that has made you the people that you are today yeah i mean we we actually did a kind of a recap on some mentorship um, uh, topics that we've covered with our guests over over this the first season of, of traveling. And um, it's interesting, like we've had so many people on and that's one of the questions we like to ask them, Jen, is like, who is somebody that, you know, you seek advice from? Because in a time like this, in a year that is unlike any other, that's when you really pick up the phone and you call people that, you know, you're like, well, what do I do? How do I navigate this? Can you help me? Uh, can you mentor me? Uh, I need I need some direction. And um, yeah, for me personally, I, I mentioned it on, on the last podcast, um, my good friend, Kim Allison, who spent many years at uh, Visit Indy, she actually gave me my first shot right out of, um, you know, my internship with them. And she's like, do you want to move to DC? Can we set you up? Can you become part of the sales team? And I mean, she didn't know me from Adam. I mean, she had no idea who I was and we just had one good phone conversation and that was like the serendipitous moment of me meeting Dan and meeting my friends in DC and building out that network. And it's just like, that was that was the moment for me that kind of changed my you know direction. I could have ended up in a completely different industry if I don't get that job. I could have ended up, you know, working for Yesway and retail convenience with Derek Gaskins. <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of different things that could have happened. And, and Dan talks about it a lot too. Like there's all these like little, uh, you know, like the serendipity of certain moments within our careers and within our career path that just like, you can go back and sometimes pinpoint that moment. And for me, you know, Kim, uh, who she's now the uh, director of sales at the Georgia World Congress Center, um, you know, one of the biggest convention centers in the country. And she's, she's leading the ship there through a very difficult time. But um, you know, she, she was the one that gave me advice on, you know, how, okay, if I have a di- difficult customer, how do I deal with them? And she gave me the playbook and the rundown on what she would do in those situations. Um, you know, if we're in an emergency situation on site, like what would you do in that position? And she would give me her playbook, like that kind of stuff, just like, it, you know, it, it, it makes me a better, you know, uh, 
employee to my to you know to my company and you know i i'll forever be grateful to to her for giving me that first chance you know it's just like a you know to use a sports analogy if you're you know get if you're drafting an 18 year old kid you know on your on your team who you're then going to pay a lot of money to um you're taking a chance on them you know you're hoping that it works out you don't know that it will you know you could go get a veteran uh and pay them just as much who's been in the league for 10 years but at the end of the day, you're taking a chance on somebody because you you see something in them, you believe in them. So, ooh, I love that. I love that. That's a perfect illustration of that. You know, that taking a chance and then just totally changing someone's life, mm-hmm. and that in that you can go back and say, hey, you just because you made that one decision, look where I am today. That's great. Yeah, I love yeah. that. So, how about you, Dan? Well, I think um, I think lots of things when we cover this topic because. Um, you know, the, the entrepreneur in me, that, that kind of mindset is a couple different things. Like, you know, motion creates emotion. And I say that because if you don't try to reach out and develop relationships that turn into mentorships, that turn into, you know, trusting professional, um, you know, relationships, nothing's ever going to happen. Right. And some of those are by, you know, serendipitous events at, you know, um, at industry events or, just in just in your travels but i think unless you're looking for it um you don't know what the possibilities are and i think um i've been lucky especially a lot of our guests on to have known a lot of these industry leaders and while i don't have one necessary mentor to call on for a specific for all things you know that i'm contemplating or need need assistance on i do I do call upon, you know, my mentors for lots of different things, right? And and some folks don't even know that they're a mentor to me. I, you know, I try to tell everyone that I look up to them and I trust their 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 insight and and, and value their time. Um, but you know, sometimes I haven't been able to tell them until they were just on the podcast or the last conversation I had. Um, and I'm someone that that does look up to, you know, people that have forged the path for us. And I think there's a lot of um, you know, learnings that come from that. But at the same time, you know, um, whether it's my nine to five job with Freeman or thinking on a more macro level about what we as an industry have to do and how we navigate the next five, 10, 15 years. And um, that's what's, you know, that's how I leverage those relationships, because I feel like those those insights help develop your own professional narrative. And you could be selling pipe and drape, or you could be selling a housing platform. If you don't have an, an interesting narrative, nobody cares, right? <laughs> it's if, if you're not thinking about it in a new way, about why this pipe and drape delivers a better on-site attendee experience, or why this housing platform will save you, you know, 15% more time compared to others, um, then I don't think you're providing a real quality, you know, solution to a customer, and you're not challenging yourself. And I think that's kind of a long-winded dance around mentorship for me but i think i i really love to develop new narratives um based on all the intelligence i get we all soak up so much data and news and all this stuff right now and i think uh at the end of the day you know there's got to be a couple key people that you lean on to help form your view on the world but also make it yours right um make your own narrative and um that's that's the fun part for me about life and work is you only have one shot and if you stay in the industry long enough which we all have thankfully you develop a reputation unfortunately you do live and buy by live and die by every show so you still have to deliver 
on time, on budget, but it's uh, it's just really, really fun way to look, look at it, I think. You know, I feel like there's no other year that has really driven home the point of why narratives are so important than 2020. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, I, I feel like the first year that that concept has really come into crisp awareness for me in so many different ways. I mean, we've seen it play out in the political landscape, you know, with, with the virus and with our industry in so many different ways. And and then the narrative that we create for ourselves. I mean, it, it's, you can shape it. There's so many different ways to do that. You know, so many guests on your show, I feel like have said a similar thing where they don't have just one person they call on. They like to have this collection of people that they turn to and they have turned to over the years just to kind of help shape the people that they are. Yeah, we had a really interesting one. I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with this on this topic is Allison Park, founder of Bren Whiskey, which is an amazing um, spirit. She's an amazing female entrepreneur. She said, I, I don't really I don't have a mentor because I don't think I'm going to learn anything without taking risk. And without taking risk, I'm not going to succeed or fail. So it's so it's less about the the definition of mentorship and more about her willingness to take risk and use good judgment, right? Uh, but she put it in a way, I would urge folks to go back and listen to that one because she put it in a way that just was a big aha moment for me. And it was such an entrepreneurial thing to say. I was like, man, I respected you before this, but I really, really uh, respect you even more now. So, <laughs> Well, there's something about the entrepreneurial mindset that's so different. And I have not had a chance to work with that many entrepreneurs over my years just because I've been working with hotels or you know, whatever it mm-hmm. may be. But then when now in this realm, I've met so many and it's been very eye opening and, and exciting just because it's a whole different way of thinking. I've learned a lot. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Ryan picks doesn't want to pick up the phone many times when I call him because he never knows what's <laughs> going to come out of my mouth. And nor does my wife, by the way. I don't know if she subscribes to that that theory there Jen but uh it's um (laughs) you know I think I feel lucky to have it Ryan has it and um it allows us to navigate you know complex opportunities easier right and I think um you know in our business as we service large conventions trade shows meetings special events all that stuff it's not going to get easier moving forward this is not the industry of of the past uh in 2021 onward when we think about uh, the future of digital and hybrid and how that all combines together. I think uh, it's going to be a big puzzle. And if you don't have an open mind and willingness to think outside the box, um, you're, you're not going to succeed and certainly not going to be able to guide your customer through this, you know, complex turn of events over the next 36 months until we'll, you know, back to whatever 100% means. Mm-hmm. Well, I was thinking about what you were saying before about, you know, doing contracting for citywides and it was all about the history and how all of that is just pretty much out the window now. I mean, we're That's all... That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's talking about shaping a, nar- a new narrative. I mean, it, it's... Yeah. No, the, it's I mean, think of this opportunity. Here. If someone's listening to this podcast right now and think and wants a business opportunity, there is... You can start from scratch. I mean, we're all kind of starting from scratch here, right? You know, we're lucky to have jobs right now. Um, we're very, very thankful, but at the same time, everyone's reinventing themselves in some capacity. Every company's reinventing themselves. Um, we're going to look back at 2020 and go, that was awful, but I learned a lot about myself and, uh, hopefully improved in some way. Yeah. Jen, what is that? What's that 95% pickup mean to, uh, mean to people now, you know, like 
what's the pickup going to be in 2021? That is a massive question mark. Nobody can answer. Not even the organizations who are, you know, trying to cobble something together for their RFP, right? Like it's, it's going to be so difficult to gauge what your event is going to look like in the next few years. It's just going to be, you know, it's a guessing game completely. It is. I, I feel for the, Supply, I feel for everybody. I'm both the suppliers and the planners mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and everybody, uh, both sides, just because, I, you know, how to even talk about what your needs are and how to use, you know, pricing models. I mean, it's just, it's all very new. And I have to laugh. <laughs> Dan, if your wife listens to this, she'll be like, oh no, he's got a new idea. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't even open market in a minute and she's a meeting planner. So I don't know oh. what to tell you, John. It's, uh, <laughs> So, oh my gosh, you never escape talking about the industry then. <laughs> yeah, and there's an even better story there that I can't tell on air, but I'll tell you off air. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, so speaking of what you've learned in 2020, I mean, that's a, probably an appropriate question. I, I'd like to know, you know, normally I ask people, what have you learned in 2020? And But let's tailor it to you, you guys specifically and, and the podcast. And what have you, what is the podcast? What has that taught you in 2020? Like, what can you take away from that that you say, okay, this has really taught me a lesson? For me, I would say, um, <laughs> you know, we've had some great conversations with uh, a lot of very interesting guests. And each one of them, I've walked away from every single conversation that we've had with like something that I write down. I come back to and I refer I refer to it like, you know, as I'm getting terrible news on, you know, television or social media. Like, for instance, like Mike Dominguez, you mentioned we had him on and, you know, he was like he was such a great example of somebody who, you know, encouraged people to seek out the the right information for you. You know, if you want to, you can constantly get negative news. You can constantly get positive news. But, you know, you really need to figure out, like, how do you get your information? How do you filter it? You know, and it's never been more critical than today. I mean, we just went through an election where there was how much misinformation. We were getting fact check after fact check after fact check of, well, that was a lie or that wasn't true. And, you know, well, technically, you know, that that might be true on those numbers. But, you know, other people see it differently. And I've never... (laughs) I've never seen that more prevalent than it is today because Mm -hmm. the information that you seek out and that you pull in on a daily basis uh, is, is really kind of at your discretion now. You know, you're not, it's, this isn't 20 years ago where you're picking up the newspaper, going through it and saying, okay, that's, that's what happened. And, and uh, I'll get my newspaper tomorrow and I'll figure out what that looks like. You know, it, it really is minute by minute. Um, you know, you're, you're getting an update on whatever's going on in the world and you can really filter out like what is most important to you or what's positive or what's negative. And, and Mike made that really good point. You know, I mean, even Dan and I were astounded when he said, you know, we're actually our booking for our future bookings are, are out of this world right now. We're doing really, really well. Nobody knows that, you know, everybody thinks it's doom and gloom and we're not like, you know, we're producing terrible sales numbers or whatever. And Lisa Messina with Caesars Entertainment, uh, she said the exact same thing. She's mm-hmm. like, we're going to have a banner year. You guys don't understand. Like we're, we're, we're booking at an incredible rate right now because planners aren't stopping like looking at toward the future and they still need world-class facilities to feature their events in and we're going to continue to cater to them. So, um, you know, that's information that if I didn't seek it out and I didn't get it from some of these very smart people, I, I wouldn't know. Gosh, what a good point. Man, 
and Lisa Messina, she's so fantastic. I, I love that woman. Yeah, Th- that was a great, great episode. All right, so how about you, Dan? What have you learned from the yeah, podcast? I, I tried to write some notes down while I was listening to Ryan because there's many ways I could go with this. But I think, <laughs> in general, I think you can either be part of the problem or part of the solution, right? And I think mm-hmm. Ryan and I are pretty solution-oriented, consider us, ourselves to be super proactive and you know having the intelligence to make good decisions. And while I think this, we did this because personally you know, everyone was out of work during this time and was trying to understand what the future looked like. Um, and we thought that, you know, our personalities, our connections, and our general interest in podcasting, we think we could be successful with and a good editor on the back end. Um, <laughs> Very good. And, uh, but also I think what I learned is that some, some other topic areas that I thought I kind of uh, had a leading insight above but i think you know diversity equity inclusion we had a lot of a lot of leaders talking about their personal experiences on our podcast a lot of you know um c-level african-american leaders and other other um minorities and i think i didn't realize how much our friends were hurting right i think uh that was really eye-opening to me and a lot of these folks are my really good friends and we had never touched on the topic before um and we did, but usually kind of in a friendly, joking manner, right? Like everyone does, I think, not disparaging, but it just in a, this gave us an opportunity to have, you know, really true discussions. And um, I, I think not only was it beneficial for me, and I, I'm sure Ryan would agree, but for our audience, some of the most, you know, true conversations I, I've heard on a podcast specific to our industry, right? And um that's something I'm super proud of. And I hope we look back at 2020 and think, you know, we helped bring some clarity to people because no one really has the, you know, the answer to this right now, especially on DEI side. But, you know, we have to all talk out loud and that's what we spent a lot of time doing. And I'm interested to see as we develop our, um, you know, narrative for season two and our, and our guest lists, how, you know, we want to keep ourselves honest. So we even say in our podcast after the interview, like, Hey, let's not, let's not let this fade away, right? Let's continue to talk about it because that's what's happens. And by the way, we're not a, we're not a traditional media, PIP is not a media company, right? It's just, it is a network that we have a communication medium like this to, to use. So we don't have to answer to advertisers. We can talk about what we want to talk about. And I think that's the reason why people trust us, that we talk about the right things, we bring the right people on, and um, there is no agenda, right? Other than exactly. making ourselves smarter, and we get to do it with everybody else, you know, within our industry as as a network or a family or however you want to think about it. So it's really personal to us. And but um, those are some of the learnings. I love that to be part of the solution instead of part of the problem. And I think that we all have a similar mindset with with what we bring or what we want to bring to our audience. You, know, my whole intent with this was to give everyone a chance to hear what it's like to walk in someone else's shoes for the day. Yeah. You know, like what, what is that? Was, that was my, the original reason that I started this. That was my kind of plan was just, just to bring other people's stories out there. So when we are all back at work, then someone will say, okay, so I hear what it was like from a perspective of a revenue manager. And maybe now I can go back and have another, you know, just a different way of, to respect them, respect the profession, whatever it may be. And there's so many different 
as you guys know, I mean, it's vast, this industry. Yes. You, you referenced it before, not just the different roles, but all the different business avenues within it. I mean, it's, it's, there's just so many. Yeah. So it, it and we, and, and it all works together. Somehow. I feel like I'm cheating when I say the word hospitality. There's no other way to describe our business. I mean, maybe group business travel. I, I don't know. It, yeah, there's, I know. It's so weird. And it's a little frustrating, honestly, because everyone else that we know in our life, we know exactly what industry, what they do when they say what industry they're in. So, uh, it's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Lawyer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Good point, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those are definitely. There's no question what they do. But, yeah, right. I and mean, we didn't even dive in, you know, to restaurants and, and you know food service and all that. I mean, it just exactly. keeps going. We could keep going, but well, thanks guys for being on the show today. I am shocked that we, you know, haven't chatted much <laughs> before I today. Know, I, I mean, know. like I said, Ryan, I knew you in the past, but Dan, and we really speak the same language, I think, as far as citywide contracting and whatnot. We could <laughs> <laughs> talk for hours about that. So very pleased to have you both on the show. Yeah, it was a pleasure to finally connect with you on, uh, especially on this fun new medium that we're all kind of exploring and starting to get to know. And unfortunately, now you can't shake me now that you know me. I think we'll, we'll continue to collaborate <laughs> Uh, we <laughs> have some ideas on, on how to do that. And um, I just really appreciate you, you uh, kind of reaching out to us. I think uh, just a matter of time before we all connected on each other's podcast. And we certainly love to have you in our in our season two. So season two, Ooh. Jen, let's make it happen. I do listen to the whole show. So I know the question that comes at the end. Well, you don't know what season <laughs> two is going to be like, though. It's gonna be, yeah, yeah. We're going <laughs> to shake it up. Trip me up, trip me up. Yeah. Tell my audience where they can find your show. Yeah, so Traveling Podcast, if you uh, look it up on, uh, we're on Buzzsprout, so you can Google uh, Traveling Podcast. Also within the HIP Network, hipnetwork.com, you know, we've got the Market in a Minute uh, tri-weekly newsletter that you can subscribe to, as well as the podcast on every avenue, um, you know, Spotify, Amazon, Apple, etc. So Yeah, the fun part is if you get your kid to scream into Alexa, say, play <laughs> Traveling Podcast, that it just comes up and then... You know, your, right your wife will give you the eyes on why am I listening to this right now in my kitchen and all that stuff will happen. So, but it is fun for the kids to mess with. <laughs> so that happens in your household too. Yes. <laughs> because yeah. yes, my kids love to torture me with Alexa, play the room block podcast. Yes. <laughs> so great. <laughs> I'm like, no, I do That's not awesome. need to hear this right now. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. All right. Well, thank you both so much. Thank you, Jen. Take care. Thanks, Jen. Thanks again, Dan and Ryan, and I can't wait to chat with you both again and have a shot at being in the hot seat myself. I'd say that you can now add Dynamite podcast guests to the many hats that you already wear. Well, that is a wrap on this week's episode, and I want to hear from you. Please send feedback, show ideas, comments, questions, and of course, interest in participating to me at roomblockpodcast at gmail.com or send me a message on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you for joining me today, and please remember to subscribe to The Room Block so you can continue to join in the conversation. <laughs>